Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. know the deal with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He is the most successful wrestling promoter ever and has built a global brand that may be around longer than all of us. He can also be a bit odd. He doesn't like sneezing, for example, and over the last few decades has taken many a wrestler and turned them into superstars. You know the deal with the law of averages, though. This was never going to be a 100% record. So I'm Simon from What Culture. Please do hit that subscribe button. And this is 10 Wrestlers, the boss couldn't get over. Number 10, Bobby Lashley. We talked about this on Ups and Downs recently, but the reason Bobby Lashley was so damned awesome in 2021 is because finally he got his world championship and cemented himself as a main event player. It didn't feel forced or unfair, he took that spot and he ate it. This wasn't the first attempt at this, however, because years prior, Vince McMahon was all in on Bob. Everyone backstage knew that he would fall in love with Lashley as soon as he saw him too, so they deliberately tried to hide the almighty so he wouldn't be called up too early, and you were know the rest. So in 2005, he did debut on SmackDown and within a year had been drafted to the new ECW brand and had become a champion. It was all building to that WrestleMania match where he took on Umaga with Vince and Donald Trump in respective corners. And the idea was to use all of this to turn Bobby into the man. And why not try to nudge that a little bit further thanks to the power of the boss? Well, because it didn't click. And whoever knows why, but even grabbing some shears and taking off McMahon's hair didn't send him to the moon. Although when you watch it now, it's not that surprising. Trump and special guest referee Stone Cold Steve Austin takes center stage for that, poor Bobby is thrust off to the side. It was still a wasted opportunity because in hindsight, WWE didn't do him right, hence why he had to go away, smash it, and then rise to the top once more. Number 9, Roman Reigns. By late 2015, Roman Reigns was hated by everyone, including his own grandmother, and it just got worse and worse. Remember when he won the WWE title finally at the Survivor Series, and then lost it instantly courtesy of Mr. Money in the Bank Sheamus? We were trying everything just to find a bit of sympathy, but it wasn't there. The fans did not care. And when all else had failed, here came the chairman of the board. We were never really told why he hated Roman other than, well, why wouldn't he hate Roman? And much like Austin McMahon, countless unsurpassable odds were thrown Reigns' his way as he got over them with not too much brother. You could even say it was super easy and barely an inconvenience. And the real problem was, one, everyone could see Vince had jumped in as nothing else was working, and two, the big dog constantly being a success just pissed everybody off. 
Reigns would finally beat Sheamus and start the new year as the champion, but nothing much had changed. In many ways, it felt like the McMahon stuff hadn't even happened, which of course is why a few years later, WWE tried again. Because, number eight, Roman Reigns again. So forward to 2018 and we were at it for a second time because Vince McMahon didn't want Roman Reigns to be champion. And where have I heard that before? Roman also had a problem with Vince because he felt like Brock Lesnar was getting preferential treatment, even though he also got preferential treatment. I don't know, you tell me. The point was to add some jeopardy to the Lesnar versus Roman match at WrestleMania with bizarre things like McMahon suspending Reigns because he said things that he shouldn't have said. It really was like they were playing favorites and it didn't add much of anything to be honest. It was kind of just there as I think WWE thought adding in Vince would make everything feel super special and it didn't mostly because we'd already seen it. We all know what happened at that year's Mania 2. Even Brock lobbed the belt at his boss when he got backstage and everybody was mad. And really, this is because we didn't listen to the fans and turn Roman heel. At least we got there in the end. Number seven, Drew McIntyre. Even Drew himself would explain this one too much too soon. And there's no surprise Vince McMahon would call out this young man in October 2009 and say he was the future of the company and would become a champion because he had it all. What he lacked was experience and as we've already seen in this video, if you annoy the fans, they will not take to you case in point. It was everything before this infamous night that didn't help either. All McIntyre had really done prior to this was beat up our truth so all of a sudden being sold this idea of him being the man didn't click. And if this was true, why the hell wasn't he jumping dudes at the top of the card instead? The answer is because there was no actual long-term booking with this. I am shocked. In hindsight, it was one of those things that worked out, however. Drew learned from this and a few other mistakes to return to the WWE as a beast and now he could not be more important to the company. So there's a lesson for us all. Bet on yourself learn from your failures and nothing will ever stop you. Number six, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is flipping great. Just wanted to get that out there. And he has been moved up and down the card more than I've done it with my finger. And really right now he should be a multi-time champion. It's not like WWE doesn't know this either. They've utilized him constantly understanding how versatile he can be to the point when Shane McMahon needed an opponent for a crazy match we turned to da -da -da -da, Kevin Owens. To try and get some emotional juice into that egg Vinny got involved as well. So Tom Told KO before they went out to their segment on SmackDown. Please headbutt me and smash me in the skull as hard as you can, pal. It's why it looks so brutal, because it was brutal. Especially when you remember, Vince McMahon was 76 years old at the time. What a madman. Given this was supposed to add some oomph to the feud... Well, I'm not sure it did that. It certainly gave us a moment for the night, but by the time Shayna was jumping off the top of the cell, this was long in the memory. Also, when this program was over, Owens was moved right back into the position that he was. I mean, if you're going to involve a McMahon, at least try and ping somebody into the next level. Number five, the legacy. So we needed something legacy to do. For those who may not remember, this was Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, and Ted DiBiase Jr. coming together, given the lineage they shared in the industry. And as somebody felt they needed a kick up the rear, here came the McMahons again. Now for one, it did feel very much like, well, that'll do. And moving Triple H into the lead position as he led Vince and Shane around the place was even more strange. It, of course, was due to the fact that the game and Autumn were going to headline that year's WrestleMania, and even Vinny seemed to realize halfway through this was kind of absurd. From nowhere, he was replaced by Batista, although that may be due to the fact that we did a six-man tag at Backlash, which the boss wanted no part of. This was also the time when Triple H broke character and admitted that he was part of the McMahon clan, but look, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiossi both left the company a few years after this because they weren't being used properly. So did it work? 
No. Number four, Vince's Devils. I don't remember this and thank Flavins for that. I think it's my brain doing me a favor. This group was actually called Vince's Devils 2, as Candice, Michelle, Tori Wilson and Victoria joined up with Vince, I think just so we could have awkward skits on Raw. I honestly don't know why else this existed. They would help each other out with their matches too until a display over a Playboy cover, and yes, McMahon would do creepy things like put them in bra and panties matches. The only way to justify this is to assume Vince was doing it for his own gain. It was a stupid decision though because it negated the wrestling side of wrestling, as Trish Stratus and Lita weren't planning on hanging around for much longer. Let's just never go back to this treatment of the women's division, ever. Number 3, the Anonymous Raw GM. To be fair, if the Anonymous Raw GM reveal had been good, this may have worked. It followed the likes of Vicky Guerrero, Brad Maddox, Johnny Laurinaitis and a bunch of others being useless at the job, so teasing someone at the other end of a laptop making all these decisions seemed intriguing at first. The thing is, this was invented to try and stop the ratings decline Raw was currently experiencing, and simply put, it didn't work. Michael Cole had to read out most of these emails and that got him more heat than a lead commentator needs, and when we found out it was Hornswoggle. Sheesh, it was obvious WWE had absolutely no plan with this. The man soon flew in to try and sell it as if it was the biggest thing ever and that the reveal would floor us all. And that was true, but only because it became a punchline rather than an angle to build off. As soon as it was scrapped, we never heard about it again either. That was my life you just stole away from me. Damn it. Number two, Austin Theory. Ever since Austin Theory and Vince McMahon teamed up, it has been a little bit odd. McMahon has basically gaslit this poor guy for weeks and seeing Austin get slapped around by an older gentleman doesn't do much for him. Imagine the Steve version had put up with this. The thing is, there is still time. I already think Theory has been treated better than most NXT call-ups and for some, just him being associated with Vince will be enough. If nothing else, it will keep him on TV for a while. Others have not been as lucky. We have fallen into 50-50 booking territory, which seems to be designed to allow Vince to berate Theory some more, but I am going to keep everything crossed because there is something here. I don't know what it is, but I can feel it like the force. We just need to enhance Austin's character as opposed to make him look like a schmo. We have thrown it in here though, so that's that. We shall see what way it goes. Number one, the Nexus. Vince McMahon was so arrogant, he thought he was above a Nexus beating, so after a period of being an asshole special guest referee, he got in amongst them and basically partied down. Wade Barrett and his friends weren't pleased, however, and they stared holes through his head. It led to the back of walls basically killing him, including hitting him with the 450 splash, which was nuts even in 2010, but there was no follow-up to this, and by the time we got to SummerSlam, John Cena just finished them off, and all of it was for naught. It remained so bizarre because done right, Barrett especially likely would have been a world champion by now, and instead he left WWE for years before returning as an NXT commentator where he does do a very good job. But yeah, beat up Vince McMahon and you don't get a proper payoff? Wonders never cease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.